All right. Hey, yo. Live you? and direct from Hollywood, yeah. California. I'm going to be a Hollywood motherfucking star. <laughs> Is that what you're going to be? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, we should just go find like some wet cement and then like put our handprints <laughs> in it and pretend we're in the ho a Hollywood the, star. Yes, exactly. I've done that before and I got yelled at and chased. <laughs> I'm sure by the construction did. people. I'm sure you I'm 100 sure you got changed. Yeah. This is Lil MC. This is Unlearn the World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. 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 Ratchet and Woke Podcast, welcome. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Unlearn the World, Lil MC. Girl. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com for your questions, curies, and... We are number 54 on the iTunes podcast. I or, know. That's kind of like a humble flex where somebody's just fucking with us. Or someone's fucking, with, fucking us. with us, but I, I don't know. I don't trust anyone that oh, slips no. in the emails. I trust yeah, no one. Yeah, unsolicited emails that or give DM. you good news. Like, yeah. don't, give, don't give me good news. No. no. <laughs> like, don't, don't give me... I don't trust, trust any, issues. any of that shit. Yeah, I have trust issues. But we have some topics to cover. We do. Like, we right now things. I'm getting a, a call from San Francisco. I don't trust you callers. Like, why don't I get the thing that says scam likely? Like, why doesn't my phone read some of that? Okay, sorry. Back to the topics. Um, so I think we just got to start with the hot, the hot topic. What's the hot topic? You've been telling me you have a take on this, and I'm interested to know. The okay. Baby, the baby. So yeah. Lollapalooza. Yeah. Or no, Rolling Loud is where the baby made the homophobic, uh, unintelligent, and misguided remarks about HIV. Yes. And other things. And other things. A myriad. Said, a myriad of things. The, what, what I saw circulating on the interweb, and again, I. I don't, I don't see a lot of circulating things besides babies and dogs. And, <laughs> and thoughts. <laughs> and thoughts. Yeah. But what I saw circulating was him saying, like, applaud if you didn't get your, you didn't suck any, if you're a dude that didn't suck any dick in the parking lot. And right. uh, if you didn't come here with any of those diseases like HIV that kills you in two weeks and just a bunch of misinformation. Yeah. And just, very just, you know, inappropriate, uh, Uninformed opinions, for the most part, and just like just, why just even say that? Like, like it's of, just so pocket. random just to like say, like, like who? Just, yeah. What were you going through before you hit the stage that made you want, just, like want to say that? Like, did you did did you try and get your dick sucked by a trans person and or like, maybe you got somebody offended? offered? Like, you know, what I'm saying maybe did we just wound you up. Know? Yeah. Did you just get HIV? I don't know. What what would what would? It seems to me like an emotionally charged that. response. Yeah, to very weird, right? And I don't think he may have anticipated, nor his team anticipated, the level of backlash that was going to get. You can't say any shit that's offensive and not expect it to, especially something. I think that at, I think like yeah, I think yeah, I think somebody as popular as him in the space that he works in, he should have been a little bit more cautious. But I think also at the same time, it's one of those things where I think we need to educate as opposed to like start like bashing him. Yeah, right. no, totally. You know I what I'm agree. saying? Like, like this dude, like, was literally killed somebody, like, two years ago, right? Well, that's the thing that's <laughs> like, crazy. His, like, his, a lot of... His ascent from the hood is not, like, that solidified. Like, right. He's two years, three years removed from that lifestyle, but he that is kind of a thinking. pop star, so people assume that he is, you know, They assume acclimated. that he's media trained. Yeah. They assume that even with the media training that he still is somehow removed from being... Just a hood person who may just say ignorant right. shit from time to time. And I, I mean, okay, so let's talk about this. There's a couple of things that I thought were interesting points. Yeah. I love when the I love when the internet goes wild with their with their yeah. breakdowns of things. Um, like he did, he shot someone. He 
or he killed someone. Killed someone. What are the other things that he's done and this is what we cancel him for? There's like a few other things that he's like um, done that's he so, beat up didn't he beat up a woman or some shit like that? I don't that? remember I don't him know. beating he's, up he's a done woman. some crazy I don't want I don't want to again um, spread there's the, I, I think I think this is the um my take on this is that this is the Rock Nation media machine working their work. Right? Ooh. Rock Nation is 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 the management team for Meg the Stallion. Mm-hmm. During his uh, during his performance, the baby made it a point after having this weird, awkward exchange on Twitter with Meg Thee Stallion yeah. about the video that Tory Lanez is in, mm-hmm. immediately following her performance, from what I understand, his performance took place, mm. and he decides to bring out Tory Lanez. Mm, that's fucked up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that this is a factor that nobody else is kind of putting into the equation so, as to the media attacking him for these specific remarks. Right. I mean, I just don't think it looks good. And like, I don't think there, it's there good. There might I, be. A, I love when you're always going on the controver- the, the uh, conspiracy path. I just think if we're removing conspiratorial things, like, oh, this is some sort of media fucking shit. It's like for him to be cool with Meg the Stallion, for Meg the Stallion to come out saying that Tory Lanez shot her, for us to kind of believe that that occurred. And then for him to like do a song and then a video and then bring him on stage, it's kind of like saying to the world, like, it's okay if you shoot Meg the Stallion. Or I mean, that's one. the way it could be perceived. Ultimately, none of us really, really know what went None on. of us really and know. And we don't know how close these people are. They're industry people. You don't know how fly they are. With I know, but like, just in really, my, it's like, it's you know like if the R. Kelly doc came out and we're like, well, I have this song with R. Kelly. It's a slapper, so I'm still going to do it. It's like, no, don't do this. Don't do the R. Kelly Well, I song. think also, I think people also take exception of being told what to do. So in many cases, they may do things that may in the big picture be against their interest simply for the fact of being prideful and saying like, no, you're not going to tell me who I can work with and who I shouldn't. Can yeah, can't I think it's like so if they were friends, which it feels but again, like, it seems I don't like think they, they are they were friends. Maybe. I think they were just cool industry people who made a couple of records together because it was a look at the time and they moved on to other things. And that that's, that's, that's I my always got the idea. I always felt like they were friends because they both were like freshman 21 together. They both like got like Grammys together and they were both like, yeah, but that just because their numbers in my phone. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. To me, it seemed like they could have been. They did like several songs together. They performed together. Like it just seemed like they fuck with each other. But I don't know. Yeah, my exactly. next point about this is that someone else made is that if you listen, like Rolling Loud specifically, is like the most debaucherous, misogynistic, glorified, violent-ridden lyrics ever on this lineup so that, y'all that gonna be you my know, next point it's yeah. like they're they're very homophobic they're very like un they're not they're not exactly like rapping about politics the line the people or on positivity the lineup, i mean it's yeah just, you know so what i'm saying I don't so like know if, what of you, all the things somebody's gonna get canceled for on a rolling loud stage i don't know how this gets singled out well personally. i don't get why you you bring you curate this event and have all of these different artists like do you not listen to their music and you're just like oh they have numbers like let's just bring them here and then expect them to be like you know not saying anything that's going to spark controversy well that's what i'm saying that's why i think there's more to it than just him saying these lines i think there is a uh, there is a i don't want to say it's conspiratorial but there's there are some interests involved that we may be unaware of that are putting this out there in the public for them to talk about, right? As opposed to like, yeah, the fact that you had this humongous freaking event where 
probably 80% of the artists are talking about killing black men and nobody says a fucking word. Nobody's getting canceled from Which any is other festival. interesting like too. That's, I mean, that's, what, that's my whole point. That's Wait, my whole and point. it's, okay, you know what's also interesting? He's saying, like, what the Davies remarks is like, like, shout out to anyone that doesn't have HIV or AIDS, those, those diseases that kill you in two weeks. And it's literally at a festival with people packed in during COVID, you know, so it's like, I feel like COVID's the more pressing disease yeah, to worry again, about I, spreading than HIV, right? Yeah, I just think, I mean, my, my overall kind of a perspective on it is that these were emotionally charged remarks for something that may have happened prior to the event that he may or may not want to tell people about. Mm-hmm. And because of the dynamic between him and Meg Thee Stallion, this was kind of floated out there by a, a media team for us to consume and, and for it to really fuck up his bags because he's been canceled from, from every other yeah. fucking festival stage. But I say, with and that said, let's keep that energy when we're talking about black death and we're talking about selling drugs. Let's keep, if we're going to mark these, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and label this, then like, let's not support artists that do other things that hurt communities, right? Yeah. Like, Agreed. You know, so it's just an interesting dynamic. None I think the, the way it came off was just like... No, I mean, it was... it was. I don't think he should have said it, and I'm not defending yeah, what he not. said. I'm just saying that it... Just, I think it just things hit different when you hear him in a lyric than when you hear someone on the stage like, clap your hands, if, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but all the ratchet shit that was probably said that day, yeah. for this one thing to be like the thing that cancels him or, or makes him lose money, it's just very curious to me that's all i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, I but you know it's keeping in the realm of music there's a lot of other shit we're still waiting on a kanye album that was supposed to drop like two weeks ago yeah supposed to be supposed to drop tomorrow um and king's yeah. disease is supposed to drop tomorrow as well um i, I really enjoy kanye's rollout on this one uh the the fact that he did like a that, that he kind of pumped faked it he did the, the the stadium listening party, which I think is kind of fly. But he was two but hours he, late for. Like, what the fuck? If you're going to wait for Kanye West, you're going to wait for Kanye West. But it's West. like I, it's like celebrities. Like, his peers are in the audience. Like, I, I find that to be like, I don't know. He's ready when he's ready. I've literally gone to a Kanye West concert where he stopped the concert to make people in the in the box seats or in the skybox oh, yeah, stop that. playing You've been to a TV. Kanye show? Yeah. Oh, this wow. was during, um, this was right, this was during late registration era. He was at the uh, the he HP. Got a pair of balls on him. This guy. <laughs> he was at the HP Arena in San Jose. But yeah, he has he, a god complex, and it bothers me. I don't know if it's a god complex. I just think he's an artist, and he's an eccentric. Obviously, he's a Gemini, so you already know the vibes on that, <laughs> right? So like, there's a lot of different things. I don't think he has a god complex. He's a Christian, so I, I you know. Um, but with that said, Kanye West is Kanye West. So, but I, what he's I particularly very narcissistic, though. Yeah, one hundred percent. So um, but what I particularly appreciate about this rollout is, I don't know how I feel about the ghost face killer retro mask covering face. Um, I, I didn't hear about that. Can you well, no, I mean, for, for the last three or four weeks, as he's been rolling out this project, he's been covering his face oh. with like a stocking or a mask, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, A, it's COVID, so I can understand mm-hmm. that, but his entire cool. face is covered. Like, that's been his kind of whole thing oh, throughout this whole thing. Um, the project is named Donda, so I don't know really what you know we're expecting from that sonically. I saw that Donda? was some Donda, his his mother's name. Oh, um, th- there was something on the net going around with some DJ DJ Toomp, I think was who's closely related to Kanye or part of his camp was giving his honest opinion about the album. I hadn't heard it, so I don't mm. know what it is. But what I what I what I flagged or what I appreciated is the fact that he has like a twenty four seven live feed of the room that he's in as he's finishing the album wow. that people can tap into and like 
Chance the Rapper was there. Fucking Jada Kiss was there right off the heels of the fucking versus battle. Like, oh wow, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Shout out to Jada Kiss for single handedly bringing boom bap hip hop and and yeah, and I didn't shit watch it, but I the, heard the fucking. I just saw the interweb. Yeah, it was dead. it was insane. It was it was insane to watch an artist like Jada Kiss, who some people couldn't consider independent or underground or whatever the case is light up Madison Square Garden of all places and have the entire New York City singing along to every one of these hood ass songs. And what like Dipset didn't like rap it was, they rapped over their They lyrics. rapped over their lyrics. Uh-huh. That that was the bigger issue, right? Like them rapping like, over their vocals. Like all the memes I was like, seeing was like Dipset about rapping, rapping over, over lyrics and that uh Jada Kiss carried the everything. Whole yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean from from what I saw it wasn't just Jada Kiss, it was just their their ability to perform and put on a fucking real hip-hop show without the pomp and the circumstance of other shit or whatever the case is just being able to sit there in front of a crowd of thousands and with the microphone and nothing like, else that's what's and just fucking dope about rap versus like i like that they're doing it like concert style now rather because like i'm not gonna lie i haven't watched a ton of verses but the ones that i watch are kind of lackluster like they're just which ones did you watch i watched e42 short and that was cool i mean it's, right. it's cool you know but it's not like I want to spend my whole night watching this. Like, I got shit to do. The Ashanti fucking Keisha Cole was boring as fuck. I think it depends on how invested you are in the artist. I mean, I grew up listening to E-40, Too Short, and Keisha Cole. Like, so I am invested in the artist. But, like, like I can watch a little bit of it. But it's like, I, I want to, if I'm going to sit here and watch you, like, I want to see you perform. I don't even really want to see your performance through a fucking computer. Well, I think they shifted that. I think it, it became, it was just like playing beats or playing whatever. And then yeah. it shifted into now we're going to perform it, right? Yeah. DMX and Snoop Dogg was a performance. They were actually performing their shit in the same studio. That was kind of cool. Um, this was different though. Yeah, this was Madison Square Garden. It's like, that's like a, they brought out Michael shit. Buffer. It was like a rap battle at a scale of a fucking arena concert. That's dope. That's like real hip hop shit. Like that was like that 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 was the most real hip hop I think this generation would have seen in recent memory, right? Especially as a contrast mm-hmm. to the rolling loud stage and mm-hmm. the pomp and circumstance that we've seen hip hop evolve into. Yo, all the people rapping over their lyrics, I guarantee you hella rolling loud artists rap over their lyrics. Like that's right. just become the norm. And like I'm so grateful that people are now like, please don't like I'm I'm grateful that this is the energy that's getting like that's circulating now in memes is to not rap over your lyrics. Because why the fuck am I paying to go see a show that you're just rapping over your fucking recorded-ass, shitty-sounding right. audio? Like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening here? Well, I mean, it's not... Sh- I mean, they, they, you know, it's... Do not defend the rapper. I'm not defending... Okay. By no means okay. would I ever defend people rapping over their lyrics. But I think that... And those arena-scale shows, I think they, they do it, or it was a choice to at some point to do it for breath control. It yeah, was a I, that's to do fine. It for, you know, like you know to have your ad libs come in or yeah. like, you know, any sort of supporting tracks. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm also cool. What was I going to say? I can't remember. Oh, I'm <laughs> cool. If you're dancing, like, I'm cool with it. Like, you know, if Meg the Stallion is dancing hella crazy, like, and she's take and she's she's not rapping. You're seeing that she's dancing and she's not rapping. The music is playing. Right. Like, I'm cool with that. You're performing still. Right, yeah. you know, and like the, the yeah. Grammys, if people want to see you move and stuff, so like I'm totally give that a pass. Or if there's ad libs or anything like that, or like a chorus that you're not singing so you can catch up your breath. Yeah. But to rap the whole shit and, and like pretend or rap over the whole shit, no. Like. And do you know if in Rolling Loud they do they do they have DJs? Like, does each performer have a, their own DJ, or is it like being played from like? I so. 
the, the I soundboard. went a long time ago, and I think they had DJs, but it's harder. I, I mean, and it's also like so crowded; it's hard to see. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, it's interesting. But, um, but yeah, okay. Festivals so, are back. Yeah. So, all right. Next. Um, another thing that was interesting that came out. So, there's this book on Aaliyah that came out. Did you hear about this? No, oh no, but okay. they, they just they just announced through Empire that they're releasing her catalog on streaming services. Oh, interesting. So okay, so cool. this is what came out. So and and, and I'm not going to have all the exact information because yeah. whatever. But basically, Aaliyah was afraid of flying, and she was drugged before she got on this plane to the point where she was like carried onto the plane, mm. and the plane was already said to be like over, over overloaded, and yeah. so they like. She, like it, it's just kind of mysterious or weird that like for her to not to be completely knocked out and have to be carried onto the plane that crashed. It's a very like, interesting piece of information that we're finding out literally almost twenty years. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Super interesting. Crazy. Yeah, it's a very interesting because I would have imagined they would have done an autopsy and they would have released that information. Yeah, that I don't know. Was, if, I don't know if they chose to just huh. not include that information or not, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if it changes the dynamic of what happened or if that's something that was avoidable. It's just fucked up. But it is completely fucked up, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, you know. Or... I, I, I'd be interested to read this book, though. Yeah, and what, what pills did they say she was on or what medicine did they say? It was, it was like, some sort of, like, anxiety medication. Yeah. I have to look up exactly what it was. Okay. I think it was, like, Klondike or something. Do we have any other topics before we get into our guests? Or we, we can bring up the topics with the guests. Let's, yeah, let's bring it yeah, up. Yeah, okay. All right, let's get into Stevie Ray. I think he's coming in. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Hey. What's cracking, you guys? Chilling, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I just had to... Uh... I had, to, I had to get in on the phone, but my, the internet is giving me fits, so. Um, nah, it's, it's all good, good, bro. Good. Yeah, yeah, we're straight. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we are here with the one and only, my man Stevie Ray. Or is it officially Call Me Stevie Ray? What's going on with that name? Like, what's the what's the rebrand? It's call, call Me Stevie Ray now. Okay, officially. Call Me Stevie Probably. Ray is the official artist name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah I didn't have the, the Stevie Ray was just impossible. No one could find me because of Stevie Ray Vaughn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had like, I already had callmestevieray.com. It was all my handles. So I was like, let's just make it official across the board. That works. It works. Yeah. Is that your real name, Stevie Ray Vaughn, or do you just have an admiration for Stevie Ray Vaughn? Stevie Ray Vaughn. Well, I'm Stevie Ray Vargo. I'm named after Stevie Ray Vaughn. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> him. My dad was a like a rock and roll blues guitar player. So he was like, uh, a big fan, and I guess I was allegedly conceived on the day that he died. So I'm maybe the reincarnate. Ah, oh, no way! That's a fun fact. I never that's knew that. Crazy. Yeah, that's a new that. Yeah, now they have to. I was born on Malcolm X day that he died, so I might be the reincarnation of Malcolm X. Okay, very amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, like there's so many weird layers to that. Like there's so many weird layers to that. How does re reincarnation even work? Like does I know, it, and I lied does a it happen? It's the same day, not the same year. <laughs> but how are you, sir? I couldn't think of anybody better to have on our Hollywood edition of this, except for my man who's out here in Hollywood and making it pop. Like, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> and you just released a bunch of new music, so let's let's get into that. Like 
Yeah, it's going well. Um, it's going really well. I'm grateful. It's been cool to connect with the fans. I hadn't, I hadn't been very active for a minute, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, nice to – I don't know. I feel like as up-and-comers, you know, like, silence can be death. You know what I mean? Like, we, we are always trying to stay relevant and stay active, and, and I kind of took a risk and took a break. So I was a little worried, but uh, it's, been, it's been good. It's good to be back. It's been going right. well. Yeah, what's the name of the new record that you got out now? The new one's called Soul. Is it a whole album or uh, just a song? Uh, it's a single off of the album. The album's coming in September. Um, so I have, yeah, the album's called Late Bloomer. I have two more singles uh, for the album, and then we'll drop the album in September. And then for those that don't know, because I've never met you, are you a rapper? Are you an instrumentalist? Do you do both? Speak to it all. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I rap primarily. I've been in my singing bag more lately and like learning more and more about how to songwrite and how to sort of like executive produce. I'm not a very good player, but I like have a decent, uh, okay understanding of music theory and just songs in general. So like, I'll just bring a bunch of musicians together and kind of like string pull, you know, I'll be like, hey, I need you to play something like this. You play something like that. So I've been learning. <laughs> a hands on roll with the music but rapping is really my back that's like um, i'm a rapper by trade that's my my primary function but sp you speak to that like that whole like transition because i i and i always i always tell a little mc this like because both of you remind me of each other in the sense that the music that you all create is is i hate the, the term genre bending where mm -hmm. you have it it's based in hip-hop but you mm -hmm. have access to these other genres of music through melody, through your beat selection, through your, you know, your access to musicians and all of that, where it gives it a tinge of something else. You know what I'm saying? So speak to that, yeah. just, that transition of like maybe four or five years ago when you was like doing just straight up hip hop versus coming to L.A. and getting into a new groove of thing with a new community of creatives. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I think that was really the turning point for me, um, both creatively of like really feeling like I was making stuff that represented me, but also like as far as f reflecting from the outside too, like once I kind of was able to turn that corner was when the numbers start, like that's when things started to land for me and the music started mm -hmm. to do well. Um, a lot of it just came from my, my producer, my engineer, Andre Paxton, it's like a lifetime friend of mine. Um, and he's just a, he's just a genius and, you know, a multi-instrumentalist and has a really deep network and is also just down to like leave no stone on like left unturned. Like we'll go, we'll go down every rabbit hole. Sometimes we'll, we'll make like version 15 of a song and then we'll just go back to version two. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but like, uh, we'll that was a cool journey, but we're going to go back to where we started. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like it just, it unlocked, like, I felt like uh, before it was like, I would, I would hit up producers and they would send me beat packs and the beat was the beat. And then you would write a verse to it, but kind of, that was it. You know what I mean? It was, I felt like I was in a box. That's kind of what the yeah, song was totally. capable of. Uh, and so once I just was able to really feel like I could make the song do and say whatever I wanted it to do, it did take me a little bit uh, away, I would say, probably from like traditional hip hop sounds. 
I think a lot of that is just based. Yeah, do you think that this sound that you have now is more authentic to you? Yeah, I think it I think it represents like everything that I've liked and listened to in my life and I feel like I've drawn from you know cuz like I grew up on like classic rock so I loved like Steve Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, a lot of Guns N' Roses um but like you know like I liked stuff with like a lot of guitar um and I I played you love guitar. Yourself a guitar. <laughs> um and uh and then, you know, and now my, my producer, Andre, was a guitar player first. Uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just, I feel like, like, especially, like, texturally, I don't know, there's something about, like, the, the, um, the feeling. Like, I feel like there's a certain sound that comes out of the guitar that just gets me to tap into something. So I feel like we've used that to our advantage a lot. Um, now that I've been playing with singing, I've been trying to push a little bit outside of, yeah, I don't know. I think this is... I don't really know what my, like, I, f I feel like my next thing lately, I've been on like a big funk kick. So I'm trying to make something completely different next. Yeah. But the idea of chasing new sounds, I think keeps me like a more authentic version of myself than trying to be some, like something preconceived. Mm, yeah. Yes. I like that. I like that. And the music, the new music sounds incredible, right? Like I think you're tapping into like more, more vulnerability. You're able to articulate your experience a little bit better. Um, just know me knowing you, just like you being like more grounded in this kind of sound. It just sounds cleaner. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like as a human too, like I was more confident just being myself because I kind of got right with myself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I feel like a huge element of us as artists is like, because we're the product. You know what I mean? You're rapping and singing about your life and they're looking at your face and it's your performance that's going to. So and especially in today's age, like with social media, like people are following you. So they're really just kind of like tuning into your life. So if they don't fuck with you like as a whole thing, then it's not really going to stick. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Selling, I you're selling a lifestyle. I tell people all the time. It's no longer music. It's a lifestyle that. Yeah, people have to identify with or fasten be fascinated by. Yeah, it is a weird thing though for us as artists to have to be like, "Yo, this is what I eat for breakfast," and this is like how I write my like to you know what I mean. I used to be I like, hate it. like I, I yeah I hate having to document or feeling compelled to document every little thing that I do. It's so <laughs> but you do it so well. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're gonna do it, do it. Okay, I, I got I got a really crazy thought while you were speaking. Okay, so. There's this documentary on Dolly Parton, right? And I haven't even seen it, but I was reading up on it. And basically, like, she lives, like, middle America. She never, like, made any music that made people feel one way or the other. Like, she was able to make music that just, like, everyone could like, regardless of if you're a Republican or a Democrat or blah, blah, blah. Like, she can talk about politics and shit like that. But I feel like for us as rappers, as lyricists at least, like, we definitely speak on our opinion. Like, do you think that you have especially like during COVID or anything like that like you've isolated any fans that maybe uh hearing your new sound or like saying certain lyrics that you say they don't fuck with and so they don't listen to you anymore or like anything like that yeah occasionally with the music also though like on social media just like because I'm I'm pretty publicly political I think and especially if you know me like uh, my, I carry my politics with me everywhere. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I blocked somebody yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like I just kind of had to make peace with that. Like, if I feel like your position is unethical, then, like, I don't don't come to my sh- I don't want you. I don't need your 10 bucks for the ticket. You know, like, go fuck yourself. I don't. You can't come. You're not invited. <laughs> you're on the opposite of the guest list. You're on the, like, the no list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on the unguest list. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's but yeah, that, I think that's a great point about as rappers, we say so much. As singers, like, sometimes people, I mean, like, the Beatles famously, like, because I guess people are always trying to, like, interpret what, like, like kind of like make some sort of da vinci code out of beatles lyrics yeah and then frustrated with people like injecting meaning into stuff that they started just saying crazy shit you know the yellow walrus with the purple teeth like just to see if someone would try and make a story out of it but i feel like singers you can say about your thoughts you know yeah, that's, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like the Beatles were just trying to make, I mean, like any pop star, I think their goal is to appeal to the masses. Therefore, they're not going to say shit that's going to be controversial. And the Beatles are like the best example of pop stars with like the most longevity, I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. can you think of anyone else? Drake got more hits than the Beatles, but he ain't coming around for as long yeah. as though. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a different time, right? Like we're in it, like yeah, yeah. It's like people I'm just agree on a lot when the Beatles came out, but they could at least agree on the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining a versus battle that's like Drake versus hologram Beatles. Oh shit! <laughs> now you deep diving. I think it's gonna yeah. happen. Lollapalooza 2023. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. We should just make a I'm video. T- we don't, need, you, we don't like, need to do a versus. We should when they start licensing people's whole lives and personalities and shit, like, you know, it's going to be crazy. I think Shaq was talking about how he started getting into the business of, like, when he realized there was a whole business of maintaining people's likeness throughout the rest of human history. There's a whole business behind it. So if you're a famous person who dies... There's a whole business behind acquiring your likeness so that it can end up on like t-shirts and other shit huh. for the rest of your life. Yeah, like Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn, yeah, Marilyn Monroe, Tupac, like, you know, are icons, right? But that's, that's a business on the on the flip side of it. So it's just so interesting yeah. like, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a pop star to, to be mindful of that. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. It's very weird. Um, but we have topics that we want to get into this oh, current yeah. event shit that we loved your thoughts on. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know how you all feel about this, but apparently the Senate unanimously passed a resolution saying that there's going to be a hip hop day in a hip hop month. Yay. And I thought, yay. But also like, what does this mean? Are they just, who are they trying to appease? Is this a good thing? Is there going to be back? I don't know. You know, I'm I'm taking the day off. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like hip hop is my culture. So like if they, if they're commemorating, I just, I, I think it's 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 helpful. It's 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 good to be recognized in one in one way or another. I don't know if that shifts anything politically. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's nice to see sort of more of like a formalized acknowledgement of some of these cultural movements. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, there's just there's still like 
black and brown people in the same exact neighborhoods where they started making this music dealing with the same poverty and violence and redlining and going to shitty schools and all those things. So it's kind of like, sometimes it feels like putting the cart before the horse. I'm like, let's get, you know, like, let's get like more robust food security benefits Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, hip hop month, you know, but like, shout out. Like, I think it's, I, I feel like sometimes that can get misconstrued. It's not like I'm angry at the holiday, but I'm not necessarily jumping for joy over it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many yeah. other things you could be spending efforts and time into. Well, and, and they're gonna be shit. like, "Well, what are you mad about? We gave you hip hop day." <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. You're ungrateful. Like, <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of like when they were like painting Black Lives Matter on the streets, you know, doing the big murals, and yeah. it's like. Cops are going to, like, mace people and hit them with nightclubs and rubber bullets, like, right on top of that shit, like, six hours later when the protest goes down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's an optic thing. Um, I I look at it as an opportunity for, like, our organizations to just get a shit ton of gigs during Hip Hop Month. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's going to trickle down one way or another, right? Like, like, so it's... Totally. But, no, but to your point, definitely, like, it's, it's... I, you know, I don't know if it goes as far as pacifying anybody. I mean, it's it's cool, but like you know, there's there's still other things that we need to work on. Kind of work on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before I'm jumping yeah. for joy over. I didn't think about that though, from an organizational standpoint, there are bags to be secured now. That's a great thing. That's yeah. wonderful. One hundred percent. Yeah. The white guilt can be. Uh, the white guilt is the reparation. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like in lieu of actual reparations, right? Which you know, it's like. This is what you're gonna do, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Black History Month, Women's Month, and Hip Hop Month. Yeah, there we go. You know what I'm saying? Just keep on. Yeah, we like a hip hop for change. We got to get like Google on the line for something. You know what I mean? Be like, yo, let us do a seminar on hip hop culture on your campus for like a sizable bag, please. Yes, I yes. like where your head's at. Yeah, exactly. like, straight to Google. Like, yeah. Yeah. Google I mean, you got Facebook. Got- <laughs> like, we already got Facebook bags. So yeah, no, totally, totally. Okay, and before I let you be, let you go. I have, I have to ask you this: Are you a, uh, are you in the know about the Lupe fiasco, Royce to Five Nine battle, and how like they they had a podcast together, and then they had a big falling out? Did you did you read up on that at all? Yeah, I listened to the records, uh, and I like kind of read whatever like the tabloid version of the, you know. <laughs> so-and-so said so-and-so it sounded like it was kind of like they were just messing around and then it kind of got out of hand uh, it's like when you slap I, slap boxing with your friend and he hits you too hard in the face and then you like oh, really yeah, like, as fighting, yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, like um, yeah <laughs> i thought the records were nice though i felt like the internet sort of unanimously said that lupe washed royce and i didn't really feel that way I, I felt like they, I don't know. I, I thought they were, I thought maybe Lupe had a couple more like direct bars, but some of the like angles that he took, I thought were kind of strange. Honestly, I thought Mickey Fax had the hardest bars in the whole thing. He came like out, like. He had a grudge. Had, like he came with like, like, he wanted, he needed to say some shit. Like, you know. Yeah. And when he did the joint where he was like, yo, these are the homies who like when he like did like RJ Payne and someone else. But he started like 
there was people who I guess didn't get involved and he like impersonated them and like battled from there. Yeah. Well, and so, um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of people that he, he basically tried to rap in their style with their like voices. That's a whole new, like, a, that, that's a whole new shit that people should just start doing. Rap yeah. battles where you're impersonating another rapper? Totally. I could see that. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but, I mean, do you feel like they, would you have liked their podcast to have survived and continued? Did you listen to it at all? I, I personally didn't, but it, from, like, you know, I, I was sad when the Joe Budden podcast, when Rory and Maul, you know, left mm -hmm. that pod, and now I just kind of feel the way when pods... Pods you know, die. When pods die, it kind of hurts my soul a little bit. Yeah, I feel. I, I think. Uh, I don't know. I have. I have kind of mixed feelings about it. Like on one hand, I think it makes me sad when the like the competition element of this stuff makes it hard for us to get along. You know, because it's like leave it. Leave it up to the bars, and then like you know what I mean. It's it's like I feel like. But on one hand, it's like it's nice to see MCs who still have that level of pride in their penmanship and who are like, yo, if you got something to say about me, like you got to rap. I'm coming like I'm coming for you because yeah. I feel like not really the case so much anymore. It's a lot of Twitter beef, you know, and a lot of kind of like seemingly calculated or like, you know, uh, social media optic beef, you know. So it's nice to see people really come with the bars and like have that element of like if you're gonna talk shit, you gotta be nicer than me. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about two like super respected veterans and like leaders in the culture. And if they truly are like divided or like not cool on a human level, then that makes me sad because I feel like like we should be able to you know what I mean like you say you should be able to slap box your buddy in the yard and then hug it out afterwards. Yeah, but again like going back to something we were talking about earlier with the baby and Meg the Stallion, right? You we, we make the assumption that they're friends. Well, they had a podcast together. Doesn't that doesn't that matters none, right? I go to work with people I don't like. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people, the people go to jobs. Are we <laughs> but my point is that like people go to places where they frequent often and have relationships with people who they may not have the best relationship with outside of that dynamic mm. right so i don't think that lupe and royce were friends before the podcast they were people who they respected weren't they one never another. met each other face to face right so they they were people who were familiar with each other's work respected each other's work and decided to collaborate on a podcast at a time where people were just needing to do shit yeah and they started getting an audience and it kind of takes a life of its own after that and then it's like all right well we're gonna keep this running and then you start finding things out about this person that you don't really like and then like you say some slick shit they say some slick shit back and men are gonna be men that's okay that rappers was my are gonna point be rappers. do we think <laughs> this is a male ego thing or do you think this this is just a rapper i think ego this is thing. a rapper ego okay. thing like it's you know it's a rapper ego thing and i think that part of the reason people say lupe washed Royce, first of all, Royce never getting washed. Never, like, come on. He's never getting yeah. washed. Like, like, so, like, like <laughs> let's like. Go. If he's rapping in his sleep, he's not yeah, getting he's washed. not getting washed. But I think when you put an artist like a Lupe Fiasco, who's not battle tested in that right, and they come out with the fire, they're gonna get the upper hand. They're gonna because they're already the underdog, right? Like Lupe's never been involved in a rap battle that we are, are aware of, right? Where mm -hmm. like. Royce has rap battled everybody and their mother. He's like, you know what I'm saying? He's rap battled Mr. Fab. He's rap battled a hell of other people. Mm. Like, he's known for that. So for Lupe to be out of the blue and be like, yo, I got these balls for you, 
I think it just hits. Been writing for twenty years. Yeah, it, it hits more than uh, than Royce, who's already known for that. You Saturated, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's just so it it's it's interesting to see how that works. I feel like also like the syllable play on Royce's joint was like on a doctorate level, like very high level. Yeah. here to even dissect that. Whereas I felt like Lupe hit with like the more clear punches in a way that was like more like you got to wrap that Royce verse to like really figure out how the layers to that shit was kind of my opinion. Yes, I agree. Yeah, like Royce is known for he did, he he just outwraps everybody. Like syllables, multisyllabic rhyme schemes, internal rhyme schemes, like double on time. Like he just outwraps. The, the, the I think the reason he does this, and this is what I try and do, is because you're trying to get replay value. And if you're just saying something that's like, because I, I I just played this right before we came and did this. I did this like freestyle type game. And I wasn't doing as well when I was being more like metaphorical and shit. But then you start hitting them with like the pop culture references and people are like, oh, bars, you know, because people just want something relatable. But on Royce's end, I can get why he he's he wants people to go back and listen to that shit again and again. And every time they listen to it, uncover a new layer and be like, oh, damn, like I didn't even catch that reference until I like researched it yeah. on Google. But I think he's rapping for people who appreciate that technicality, mm -hmm. the technical rhyme skill. He's yeah, rapping. Royce is a rapper's rapper. Right. Exactly. So, you know, there's there's interesting, it's it just kind of, it's, when you're playing these two against each other, right, and you have a rapper who's historically not known for battle rapping coming out with punchlines, and a rapper who is historically known for battle rapping being, leaning on his technicality, it, it, it makes for a, 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 a awkward match for us to really compare apples to apples, mm -hmm. in my opinion. You know, yeah. I think, I think yeah, I think they're both dope and I, I hope they work out whatever issues they, if they really have personal issues. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good that rapping is in, is in the, is in the conversation now, right? Like we have Rolling Loud, which is a big ass festival with all these rappers or artists that, that seemingly are not the brand of hip hop that most people are used to or really appreciate for an older generation. But yeah juxtaposed to that is this world of real lyricism you got jadakiss and the locks on this side and and dipset and they they so their popularity i just think that hip-hop is now in, in this newer better place now because you can have both and they're celebrated and they're they're paid attention to just as equally at least for this so, <laughs> yeah absolutely and i feel like uh like we've seen that before too. Like there's in other genres, right? There's been like in jazz or like in like rock and roll, you've had like Bon Jovi existing at the same time as Black Sabbath. You know what I mean? Where there's like, and so, but yeah, I mean, I, for as a, that shit fire, I watched a bunch of battles after, like I hadn't watched battle rap in a long time. And I was like back watching like King of the Dot battles and like oh going, God, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I forgot about this element. Uh, like, I forgot that people rap like this at like, and it, yeah, it was the whole thing kind of lit a fire under my ass. I feel like I, like I'll probably write some bars just off the, the steam that I got from that. Okay, that, that and then this leads me to a question that's been burning inside me, because what's up? Have you all ever rap battled with someone and it lead to an escalation of something? 
physical or like some sort of animosity or, or, or losing a friendship over or anything like that? Mm. I'm trying to think if it's ever gotten like really serious. I've had some rap battles where it like ruined the vibe. Like, yeah, hard. <laughs> you know, what I mean? where it's like, like you'll be like freestyling and then somebody says something kind of slick and then somebody says something back. And then next thing you know, like you guys are battling each other. And it's like, especially if somebody like there's been some times when I've kind of like slaughtered some people and then it's just like, I, you know, it's like, oh, like now we got to all go back to being friends. You know what I mean? And like be like, like on the pop smoke and be like, Dio, Dio, you know, like, kind of <laughs> like, oh, uh, we'll just pretend that didn't happen. You know what I mean? But I've never had it like I've never had any like physical altercations or like anything serious like that off of a rap battle. No, I've had people I've I've rap battled people I've wanted to physically fight. And those were the, the, the really good battles. <laughs> like, people, I, like I, I really Tell me so I think it was my I was in 11th grade and there was this kid in my school who never wanted to rap. He was a rapper and always purported himself to be a rapper, but was never in a cypher, never like was hanging out with the rappers, but he would always carry himself like he was a rapper. And motherfuckers want to hear me rhyme, they got to pay me, like that kind of industry kind of, and I'm a rap, like I'm a rapper. Like when I, especially as a, I was like, so I just didn't like him just hoping the strength of that. Like, you're not nice. Like, <laughs> so I don't know why you, you try to put this allure on, like you're really nice. Cause you're, you're trash in my opinion. And you don't really want to rap with anybody. I mean, I heard his demos and I was like, he's whack. So finally it got to a point where like he got, he got really upset because people made this criticism about him. And he started like, yo, I'll battle anybody. And I said, I'm here, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm ready, like, I, and because I was like ready, really ready to fight him. Like, just really ready to fight him. And um, we, we battled it out and we're cool now. Like, we're, we're all right now, like, we're, Oh, okay, yeah. so you didn't want to fight him anymore? Well, no, the him? rap battle served as me whooping his ass because okay. I really wanted to get into a physical fight with uh, this guy, right? Like, okay. I, I went, cause I just didn't like him in general. <laughs> but I particularly didn't like him because of him being a rapper. Okay. And we were able to settle that difference. I was able to get that aggression out from the rap battle. Okay. Whereas there's other instances where I've, 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 you know, people get in your face and they get, you start touching you and you got to smack that. Like, you know, like those kind of bad where he's like, I right, we got to just chill because it's getting physical. Yeah. You know, you get into those. But this is all like before it was getting filmed and shit. Like you was just going burrow to burrow. Just, I, I rap battled on blocks where I was like, gonna get shot if I left like it was like it's, it gets intense sometimes you know what I'm saying like it gets really intense I, um, yeah. no, go, go ahead. okay yeah my internet's a little shoddy are we we back in sync yeah, yeah we're, we're good. good we're, we're good. good all right bet. um well I was just gonna end that whole that whole delightful conversation as in my experience never rap battle with people that aren't rappers because they're extra sensitive and I ended up getting jumped outside the bar when I was like, oh, snap. lit as fuck. Cause the, cause like I come from a really small town and like everyone knows me as like the rapper. So they were like, let's go outside and rap. And they were all like on cocaine and like lit. And I was like, all right. And then I just like, you know, hit it, struck a nerve with one of them. And it, it a lot of, you know, Tempers flared? Yeah. Temper. And it ended it. And then and then my tempers flared. Ah. And then it just turned I but I I got jumped. Yeah, it was bad. It was like ah. <laughs> oh. so the lesson is don't rap battle with people that can't handle insults. 
Because I think being a rapper, you're part of a community that understands there's a certain code of ethics, right? Like it's like being in the in the, in the mafia, like <laughs> yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what it is. Like you know, not every not every person out there knows what a bar is or to like bar somebody to like they don't know that. But we come from an ilka in a cloth where we have that code. We know what it is, especially if you're a rapper. Like you came up rapping, you came up in ciphers, you was writing in rhyme books. If you were that kind of rapper, as opposed to like the younger rappers that may be just rapping to themselves in their studio in, ha- in the house, yeah, where they don't expose themselves to the other elements of hip hop or the other elements of being an MC, that's a different brand of an artist. You're an artist. You're not necessarily a rapper. Ah, uh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Where like me, like I'm a rapper who had to transition into learning how to be an artist. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like that rappers don't really have that artist development, which is why rappers get signed and then they like flop because. They don't know how to make records. They don't know. They know just. They just know how to rap. Right. You know. And then a lot of rappers get signed simply for their pen because they're able to write. Yeah. But they're not of the personality to be an artist. So there's a certain hip hop or brand of hip hop artistry that you're just an artist, as opposed to a brand of hip hop artistry where you're a rapper, and that's what people look for. That's what people appreciate. And the criteria is different. I'm not putting Lil Uzi Vert in the same criteria of hip hop as I put a Royce the Five Nine. No. No. You know what I'm saying, but they both represent the culture, right? What do you think? What do you what say you, uh, Stevie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certainly. I feel like, uh, like you, I think you said it best. As far as a lot of these kids now can just make music on their laptop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like if there's a difference between like if you were rapping at school, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where you were outside, like you were saying, like you had to be exposed to, like, like you know, before we had like the means to like record our song, like you just rap, like somebody banged on the lunch table and then you rapped. And like, if you were nice, you were nice. And it was just decided based on how many people that like reacted to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, MC, like being an MC as opposed to like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because, and, and maybe you could speak on this as well before we, before we wrap up. Right. Because yeah. some of these younger artists, right. Like I think we, we, Recording and making music is more accessible now than it's been at any other point in, in life, mm-hmm. right? Which means that the creative process as it relates to writing rhymes or creating a song is different. There's artists who claim that they don't write their raps. And that's true because they're literally in the booth kind of freestyling and refining their freestyle. So they're not writing it down. Mm-hmm. It's not linear in that they're pulling out a pen and a pad and reading off of that, or even in their phone, they're literally developing cadences, developing melodies, and then after the fact, adding words to those melodies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is is do you incorporate that into your process, or like, how do you, how do you, have you evolved in terms of the artistry of what you do versus just the rapper in you? Yeah. When I found out that's how these kids were making their songs, I was. Like it lit. I was so excited. I was so curious because I was like, I can't even imagine doing that shit. So I like I I have tried it a lot, and I I practice it from time to time. I try to add it as like an element, as a tool, mm-hmm. my toolkit. Um, and now my songs, I feel like the the you get a lot of really cool like natural pocket and feel out of that. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're a writer first, it's like you come up with these bars, and all of a sudden you kind of got to finesse them to the beat to get it to musically mm-hmm. be what you want. And I feel like a lot of times when you do it the other way, something that's musically maybe more like 
has more like is more smooth or more like kind of exciting and then you might you might compromise with the lyrics a little bit yeah um but i try to use it but i but i i'm a i'm a writer first for certain yeah i feel it i think it makes it when you when you freestyle cadences first it makes it easier for people to wrap along to your lyrics which is ultimately i think what you want you want it to be something that's you know, like people, it'll stick in your head more, you know, like there's certain songs I hear at one time and I'm like, oh, I got this now. Now I know the hook and I can sing along with it. Whereas sometimes we get so nuanced and complex when we're writing. It doesn't really like, like you said, fit really well with the beat and we're just like forcing it in. And it doesn't hit the emotional, like the emotional tone it needs to for people to connect. Yeah. Right. When you're like rapidly rap, I've seen artists do this on stage. I've seen like, you just, you're not saying anything that's going to emotionally connect. Everybody needs that one moment where they're like, oh, okay, now I'm invested mm -hmm. because you've spoken to an emotion of mine or a feeling of mine, whether it's fantastical and a fantasy or it's something that I'm living, right? Mm -hmm. Like you tapped into a sensibility, right? Um, any final words before, um, for the people? Shout out your social medias and all of that. Where we can find you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can follow me anywhere. Call me Stevie Ray. Um, the album Late Bloomer is on its way. Uh, Soul featuring Clue is out right now. I got another single dropping on Wednesday, the 11th. I don't know when this podcast will air. Um, it's dropping Friday, tomorrow. Okay, beautiful. So then on Wednesday, I got a new song dropping. And then just thank you guys so much. You got, uh, obviously, Unlearn, you've been, you know, uh, one of my favorite people in the culture and in the bass scene for a long time. So I, I always appreciate you taking care of me and uh, always going to try and do the same for you. Much appreciated, brother. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm still. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, and then we're, we're gonna we're gonna be out here until Monday. So if you got time, let's get up and and, and chop it up. COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what what y'all getting into tonight? Uh, don't know yet. We're gonna hit these streets and and try not to get in too much trouble. Okay, bet. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna slide. Uh, I'm going to meet up with the homie. He's a producer. Try and cook something. Um, so I'll tap in with you in a little bit. I gotta eat some food. I gotta hear these beats. And if the, if they're hot, then I'll hit you up. You guys come through. We'll try and make some. Hey. Sounds good. I'm with it. All right, All right. Peace, Talk to you soon. Peace. 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 Take care. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to Call Me Stevie Ray. Unlearn the world. Little no, MC. I didn't know if you were going to say it this I, time. Yeah. <laughs> you Gotta always do. All right. Peace, yo. One day. When you least expect it. Oh. Uh. It's about time. Know what I mean? Yo. This. I am the one like the Roman numeral When you arose in the semen, they don't want you to grow Kill the industry and then do a show at the funeral My inner glow got people looking at me like a UFO It's all a hustle, I struggle to get the truth exposed And still my fingers look like I just won the Super Bowl You should know, I am on the road to perdition But the mission when I be spitting is to purify the human soul Whoa 
and put my city on the map. Everyone was sleeping on me, turned them all insomniacs. Gave the game a heart attack till I passed like a quarterback. I'm raising hell on earth until the heavens wanna call me back. Back full of dollars, I'm gassing that marijuana and packing armor that matches my charismatic rappers on around the product of Wu Tang Winter Wars. Word to Capadonna, my emotional scars are like a badge of honor. Riding benzes, I've been butterfly affected. My young and slug with the weapons. If you fuck with my investment, I'll be laughing to the bank while I'm waving by to my exes. I am young, black, and gifted. Plus, I'm petty, flagging, reckless, nigga. Oh. King of the town. Listen, uh, I cracked the dam and now the stream's bursting Rapidly searching for the light, but I'm still shadow working They been thirsting, my drip squirting I'm swim surfing, spit verses Similar to cinema from Tim Burton And it's urgent to interpret my lip service in person When it comes to rapping, I am pitch perfect Pray to God that he forgive me for my sick urges Giving wisdom in the kitchen, working while I'm big smirking Clowns in a big circus, if the clip is inserted You should get nervous, get surgeons, or you get hearses You limp biscuit like Fred Durst is, I'm 2007, 50 Cent Curtis with my Ben Swerve. I need 77 head nurses, connected to heaven, still I'm getting these blessed curses. Tomorrow isn't promised, only death certain, even Timberland and Swizz will say I got the best verses. King of the town, yeah I've been there. Everywhere that I go, brothers know my fucking name. King of the town, yeah I've been there. There's no doubt you're gonna bump this in your system. Yeah, SK. Unlearn. And speaking of learning, speaking of learning, we show them a little something like this. Yeah, no surprise, I've been christened as Christ over with litmus. And you debating where the lines land like inscriptions, right? Know the difference in clipping with known intentions. I'm at your front door with the word like bear witness. Listen, not a sound that you heard before I gave you mine. Whatever be worth spinning back to that place in time I gave you time and bottles like shaking dimes And let you load up on your arms and wave goodbye Get the sequence, I took you back to the shit you needed And when you came up out of that high, I gave you reason I gave you power like you was loading the nine squeezing Or loading one of nine speeches See how I see shit, I'm what elite is So I'm pot calling the kettle black when I pedal back and start peeping I'm on my me and mine, me and me shit But if I made one turn, I'm in the winner's coop to scoop unlearned Fuck with it. Hey. King of the town. Yeah, I've been there. Everywhere that I go, brothers know my fucking name. King of the town. Yeah, I've been there. There's no doubt you're gonna bump this in your system. King of the town. Yeah, I've been there. Everywhere that I go, brothers know my fucking name. King of the town. Yeah, I've been there. You play it in your system every night. Night, 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 night. You should see how long it took to get here Product of a million different choices that were sincere Made it to LA to find out that ain't nobody have no sense here Probably wouldn't stay if not for Dre Either way, I love the bay, but it was time for me to leave it Barely off the floor and felt like I had hit the ceiling I spent most of my best days trying to chase a feeling To find out it was fleeting, I was dying every weekend I'm diving off the deep end, I wanna be the greatest I'm swimming with the sharks, now my ego is inflated I got a couple friends back home that treat me like I'm famous I hate it, but I shouldn't and be complaining see i've been scared of leadership i'm learning to embrace it my cousin she look up to me i try and teach her patience i want to tell her everything i gotta practice what i preach though but shit i gotta let her learn as she goes look how i've grown i'm not what i used to be and now i'm falling 
about to push it to the limit A lot of folks could I wanna be the one who did it That's for the mama I'm infinite I'm finna be something greater Than piles of green paper And pictures that I've taken I'm fresh in the fourth quarter And I can see them, they fading This is when the good and the great Get separated I've been so close so long That I could taste it I just wanna feel like I earned me the celebration Science and logic And the flash shit that I kick I spit the time This shit that make your mind split My shit designed divine I can't hide it This little light of mine, ooh, I'm shining I know that wherever it's at, where well, you can find it The rest all time, and that's why I'm gliding Packed like the floor, my capsized the bullshit That's why I flow, the keys to stay Look grounded the heart to say what's on my mind there's nothing left to say that could change my mind i want to take my time but can't break my stride so if you love me then let me know but if you don't you better let me go the first sunshine gotta let me grow just let me grow or let me go cause i've been too close to call it standing on the edge and i just might fall in whole lot of times that i thought about calling and when it ain't promised i'ma make it the morning and all i am what i know now and all i ask is that you hold me down i'm on my way i'm almost there just don't look back i swear we almost there